Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fam, Friends, and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swagoy Gaming. My name is Bill Grennan. Everyone calls me Brasky, and today I am joined, as always, by the Mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, and Nick Price in Extrad. What is up, fam? What's up? What's up? It's so weird how we couldn't record last week. I know, right? Really yeah, Nick, it's so bad. Yeah, we had to pause recording for a week because Nick wasn't available for seven yeah, days. Well, actually, we showed always. up here. We showed as up always. and just Nick wasn't here. Mm-hmm. As always, he's, he's here with Inixrad. Always. Never yeah, not. Every single time. Yeah. It's not like there's ever a, a secondary it's weird. person. You weren't here, Nick. Like we, we were on the call. The password was set. It's true. I mean, Caroline, were basically the like the the fam version of that John Travolta gif where he's looking around, going, "Where? What is? Where do I do? Where do they? Where's gone?" But we're just waiting for you. Um, we and, actually yeah, that's, did. That's exactly. Raskin came up with a great idea, but after we already recorded, oh, and no. it, he was gonna like ping and be like, "Like Nick, where are you?" <laughs> and then I think he wanted to change the password to like Nick's not invited or something. It's true. Wow. It's true. That's what. That's the beauties. That's the beauties of trolls that never happen. Uh, because that's because I'm a nice person. I don't carry out my trolling. I just I just concept it, describe it in detail, and then never execute upon the trolls. Yeah, you got to storyboard the trolls, and then you know you put it away in your in your in your file in your troll file, and just never bring them out. New magic card for the next Throne of Eldraine set: storyboard the trolls. All right, we're gonna add that out. We're gonna see what it's like. It seems like it's both a story and adventure. We're gonna put those things together. I'm I'm looking forward to what might we, what we might concept that. What the what the people who listen to our podcast that's the next magic card you have to come up with is whatever storyboard the trolls is. I'm pretty sure it's a green card. I'm not exactly sure what it does just yet, but because it's green, I'm sure it's broken and made for commander. But whether or not uh, this podcast is made well, for what, commander, sorry, one second. Um, I have a checklist of how many times you mentioned any sort of other format like Commander or or Gladiator, and so I just have to update my list. Sorry. Oh yes, make sure you you put that down because we have to tally that up at the. I think we tallied up at the end of each month and possibly at the end of the year. And then well, I assume you pay me dividends for every time that you bring it up. Yeah, it's true. It's it's based. I, I think I pay you. I think I pay you in a mixture of high fives and magic online tickets. Whoa, high uh, fives are high fives. Mm-hmm. high fives are banned. You didn't you didn't hear? Oh, no, no more high fives. Are they OP? They're so OP. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll put them away then. Yeah, put it with your with your troll storyboards. Well, whether or not I'm trolling with my storyboards or whether or not I'm actually uh, handing out high fives to specific people that I enjoy doing podcasts with, I also want to know how those wonderful folks had a week in magic. And that's what I always love to hear about. Caroline, how was your week in magic? Oh, no. Are you you all ready for my week in magic? Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. Well, first of all, I did play my BML match last Thursday. Um, and I was victorious. I played against a lovely human named Manda. Um, and I <laughs> may or may not have invited Manda to the VML League. You know, always a good start to invite the person and then beat them in the first round, which I did. But luckily, because it's round robin, still many weeks to go. So that'll be fun. Um, and then uh, that's kind of where the magic train stopped really so uh, so let me get this straight you only is this how you win the vml all the time you just invite people into the vml that you're just going to beat is that what you're doing yeah otherwise like what else am i supposed to do i need 63 other people to beat so then i can win <laughs> do, you, do you end every match with the with like the question isn't this fun this is not this is not the first season i've attempted this trick i i would think people would see through me by now so that's season that's two, season three <laughs> That's the next step of uh, that's a that's a whole nother podcast is how to win consistently in the leagues that you play in. Oh, just invite the friends that invite you want to be people over, <laughs> beat them all. Uh, so recently, and I believe I talked about it last week as well, but um, I have discovered I don't know if that's the right word because I know it existed before, but uh, I I like auto battlers. It's another you know video game format um, of sorts, and so I played one of the first ones that came out. At, a couple years ago, time is irrelevant, uh, called Dota Underlords. And I understood it. It was fun, but it got so complicated and hard to keep up with that I just, and the games also got too long, like 40, 50 minutes. So I, I basically just, you know, eh, I don't really need this information. So I dumped it. And then spent a lot of time with magic, as you may know. And more recently, I've been trying to find something that I can just play and not worry if I'm 
leveling up or getting better or crushing or whatever. And so I rediscovered another auto battler called um, Battlegrounds for Hearthstone. It's like a mod on Hearthstone. Um, and it, I was pretty intimidated at first because you do really have to know a lot of the cards that exist in that game at, at once. And so it was pretty overwhelming uh, watching people play. But I decided to give myself like two to three games to just play without anyone telling me how to play. Because if it's intuitive enough, if, if I found it intuitive enough, then I would be more engaged with it. And if I had someone just telling me how to, like, when you draft for the first time, you don't really want someone to just say, to pick this card, then pick this card. You're not really, you're not telling if you're being intuitive to even know if you can draft in the future. So I played by myself for a while, and then I invited others to join me, and then they showed me, like, there are certain things you should do on certain turns and stuff. So once I figure that out, but long story short, I've kind of addicted to battlegrounds um they're very quick games they're like 20 minutes ish depending on how well you do you play with eight people you can play with up to four friends which by the way is super cool uh and then yeah you just you just kind of do the auto battler stuff there's definitely a lot of rules that i won't go into but um i love it there's no competitive nature at all like there's there's mmr but that's it there's no esports there's nothing <laughs> there i'm never gonna get tricked i'm just gonna play this game for a while um and have fun and so i've been doing that a lot actually a lot a lot <laughs> in the evenings lunchtime before work before bed <laughs> a lot <laughs> i love that though because at the same time it's like you know we as we had the discussion uh you know a couple of casts even just a little bit of cast before and it's like how we stay in engaged in the game and sometimes we also talk about how sometimes we just need to engage in something else and when we do that we find ourselves coming back to magic uh, a little bit more refreshed and renewed. And that is that I mean Battlegrounds fills that fills that uh niche in a lot of different ways or even engaging in other formats or just completely different games, you know, like Among Us or just playing Cyberpunk 2077 when it's not completely broken. You know, doing things like that, we find ourselves, as long as we exude some spot some some energy there, we find that mentally we're refreshed when we come back to the game as well. Yeah. I completely agree. Nick, how was your week in Magic? Well, uh since the last time um fam released an episode two weeks ago exactly um, yeah after the holiday lull i mean i said it i was getting a bit i had gotten a bit tired of competitive magic um the next like right when 2021 started i just got back into the grind um i've been playing daily prelims on magic online uh that's going to come up later and i've been playing some mocks open events and you know all the while i've been trying to get in my last few vintage cube matches before the the, that event rotates out of Magic Online to be replaced by something probably still fun, but, you know, inferior. I like that. I like that. But it's been, I mean, we'll we'll dig into, I think we'll we'll dig deep into a little bit of the Magic Online stuff that comes up a little bit later. But as you said, does it, do you still feel like, um, do you feel as, as kind of, yeah, I'll say worn out as you did uh, before the holiday with, with Magic? Or do you feel yourself being like, oh, this is a way in which I can re-engage with the game? Well, honestly, spending four to six hours a day in our in our Swagoy Discord call with with teammates just drafting Omnath and Golos and Oracle of Moldaya and Birthing Pod in every single Vintage Cube deck because I don't know, like it was repetitive, but I just enjoyed every every minute of it. And you know, once the competitive events came up again at the start of the year, I just I just really felt like jumping back in. I love it. That's fantastic. For me, I finally jumped, like really jumped back into arena a little bit on my own time and my own, uh, in my own way. And that was the finally like look at some of the decks that were going on in the meta and play a lot of the different ways in which I want to play it. But I kind of went into it with the focus of so often when I jump into arena, I'm trying to get quantity over quality. You know, I just want to play as many games as I can in whatever formats I want to be playing just because I feel like for some reason, if I'm playing more games, I'm getting you know, more bang for my buck if I'm doing that. And I said, no, I'm just going to jump in. I'm going to, I'm going to find a, a deck that is a powerful deck and I'm going to take my time with it. And I'm going to, you know, learn the deck, learn the ways in which it plays and the ways and and just learn from my own mistakes and playing the deck. And that's what I did. I jumped back into arena and I, you know, looked at my cards and I said, all right, I can make a pretty solid Demir rogues deck and kind of jumped in with Demir rogues into standard best of three and i was like i didn't play did i play a whole bunch of matches the entire weekend no but i played a good amount of matches and the more important thing was that i took my time with every single step in the process really you know playing what's playing with a present mind as opposed to just sometimes when you were playing 
on the on the computer version of Magic the Gathering, we just kind of get the autopilot. It's like, yeah, I'm going to click this. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to do these things, do these things. But really starting everything from the opening mulligan to every single choice I make in the game, uh, asking myself, why am I making this choice? And is it a good choice to make against the deck I think I'm up against? And so uh, that was what I enjoyed doing this past week is I played, I played present magic. I was present mentally, and therefore I felt like I got a lot out of it and actually enjoyed the game I was playing as opposed to just trying to jam games and turning myself into a salt fest because Grixis doesn't work. But what does work is Demir Rogues, and that I very much enjoyed. Well, it's good to see how everyone is engaging with the game of Magic, because we all do it in different ways, and we will talk a little bit in the very future about the different ways in which we play Magic the Gathering. But before we talk about those ways, we always want to discuss anything that's coming up in the world of competitive Magic and the ways in which we like to play the game competitively. And to tell us about that is Caroline Cavanaugh. Always want to discuss... <laughs> Always. We Every time. Never miss the news. Never miss the news. Never miss a cue. For all we know, people are totally fine. They never realize we missed this in the first place. <laughs> Wait, I didn't say we missed it. Why are you saying we missed it? Because we didn't. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so I will say that our, our news segment is going to get a little smaller in the near future for a couple of reasons. Um, one... Uh, well, actually, I guess it's mostly just one major reason. It looks like right now Star City has wrapped up their, I believe they had five PT, PTQs-ish, whatever you want to call them. Their, their qualifier sets between the Friday and Saturday stuff to the Sunday weekend stuff. Sunday uh, event. Wow. Very descriptive. Anyway, they're done for now. Uh, and the Mythic Society is kind of ramped back down a little bit as well in some ways so they will have a little they'll have less big events to to talk about um and have more weekly events but right now the the two things that are on our list are uh, is the mythic society the next set roulette is on january 24th my mom's birthday uh the sets should be coming up determined or should be uh rolled i guess is the right word uh on this saturday so september september jesus <laughs> january 16th <laughs> so that will happen and then the other only thing that's coming up this weekend that i know of is historic or sorry is a mythic invitation nope uh hold on arena qualifier weekend yep. there Please we go stop changing the names thank you that'd be nice wizards i appreciate it um, that is the thing where if you get top 1200 ladder on either limited or constructed, um, that is coming up this weekend. So anyone who did that in December is furious, frantically preparing for that this weekend, furiously as well, because I didn't know it was happening, but whatever. Um, the format is historic. One of the reasons at the time I was really excited it was announced as historic, but now that I'm not playing as much magic, I'm selfishly kind of annoyed. It's not just standard, but. Here we are. So it's going to be historic. It's like the day one thing where you have to play a certain number of rounds to qualify you for day two, where you then play another certain number of rounds. Oh, I will say, I have not heard otherwise to this, but this is the first weekend where, in theory, because who knows if they actually got it to work, in theory, you only need to get six wins on day two to qualify for the PT or the Caldeheim championship and seven wins gets you a qualification on day two and some gems or something. But the last time that this came up, they had to like change it because they couldn't get the tech in, in time. I haven't heard an announcement, so I'm going to assume that they actually got it done, which would be nice for a change. So in theory, you only need six wins this weekend on Sunday, which is pretty cool. Um, and I look forward to see, to see how that kind of plays out. Wait, Six wins and two losses? Did I just... Did they make two changes and I'm getting mixed up? Now I'm actually confused. Did they also add a loss to day two? Or is that for something was else? It, was it not always two losses on day two? No, it was <laughs> one loss. Meaning meaning like the second loss and you're out. Is that... Yes, second yeah. loss and you're out. Yeah. That's how it's always been, right? I don't think they changed that. No, I think they did. Six? Oh, now I feel very unprepared. Okay. I maybe the six wins thing is Let me not do a quick, true. Let me do a quick. I'm, I'm looking. I'm <laughs> Wait, looking there's up. a link here. Let me just go look at the link. <laughs> oh no! Sorry, the event you're looking for does not exist. 
<laughs> this is this is the most this okay, is the most magic the tournament segment we've I'm just ever gonna had. be I'm just gonna be real out there. The reason this is very confusing is legitimately because they have changed it so many times. So if anyone from Wizards is listening, I will I love looking at this stuff. I love knowing this stuff, and I'm telling you it's getting really confusing. So maybe now's the time for a, an article to tell us where we are and where what's on track. <laughs> but oh, I'm confident you need some wins to do well on day two. Yeah, you. We're sure that you need fewer losses than you have wins. Yes. <laughs> you need Great. at least five wins. And let me write. Let me write this down. Less more than losses. two losses. More losses than Maybe. wins. So all I have to go is four and three, and I'm into day two. According to you. According to you. Anyway, the point is that's coming up this weekend. Uh, hey, if you know the answer, by the way, please tweet at us <laughs> at Sugoi Gaming or at me at my linguini because i'd love to be proven wrong even though i'm quite aware i could be super wrong oh oh anyway. speaking of confusing event structures <laughs> guess, uh, guess what me. i love that segue excuse me the transitions are done by brasky and brasky alone if you want oh, to keep no. coming back you got you got to you got to understand though when when nick did that i just had like proud dad moment even though i'm not even training <laughs> for this like he did that i was like look at you <laughs> Look at you with that sweet segue. That was fabulous. Because what is what is Nick talking about? Nick is talking about a wonderful little platform uh, that we've been discussing and talking about, and said like, you know, this might be a good topic for a podcast. Which is uh, a lot of a lot of folks that are engaging with the game of Magic right now are engaging with it through Magic Arena, which is a, a pretty cool online fl- platform. It has its it has its foibles, but also has its wonderful wonderful perks in how to play the game and a lot of us can't really engage with the paper form of magic right now because of well obvious reasons Uh, but there's another way to engage with the game of magic digitally and that is through magic online so magic the gathering online what is that well i want you to picture magic the gathering arena and then i want you (laughs) to try and play it through windows 98 wait you made this joke already oh wait oh (laughs) never mind i forgot Every time. I really forgot. Every time. You know, it's like, why did you say this joke already? Because we jumped too far ahead already. I, that wasn't a troll. I legitimately forgot. She, she got mad at you for, for skipping ahead. And then when you like tried to fix it, she got mad at you again. I can't skip ahead. I can't fix the mistakes <laughs> I've already made. What do you want him to do, Caroline? <laughs> I was like, I've already heard his speech. <laughs> trying to trying to make these jokes, trying to make these pre-prepared jokes is like trying to play Magic the Gathering online. You just keep clicking stuff and it never actually does what you want it to do. You're going to make him say it a third time. No, just go. This no, is there's great. nothing this else to gold. do. This, it's, it's great. It's golden. It feels exactly like some like a new player engaging with Magic the Gathering online without a proper primer, which is what we're doing today is to discuss Magic the Gathering Online, what it is, and how an arena player can jump into it. And so Nick is going to give us kind of the rundown a little bit about kind of the big picture stuff and the small picture stuff about what is Magic the Gathering Online and how can arena player engage with it themselves for the very first time. Yeah, so um, just to give a little bit of context, like I, I suggested this topic because I I'm a huge proponent of Magic Online. Like especially on Twitter, um, if you if you follow Crokies, for example, on Twitter, and who the hell doesn't? Uh, there's kind of he's kind of promoted this discourse, and this I don't know dichotomy between arena zoomers and moto boomers. I I, I dislike those terms, but um, there really is kind of a um, like a contrast between like the newer flashy um, animation filled um, ladder oriented arena client and the this you know the spreadsheet magic spreadsheet simulator magic online so I, I won't go into the history of magic online but suffice it to say magic online has been around it's it was magic's digital client f- far longer than arena has existed and honestly i think that um magic players should be aware that they don't have to pick between arena or magic online um Right now, I'm sure a lot more people are comfortable with Arena, but I want people to know. I think we want people to know that there are there is another way to enjoy Magic, and you don't have to pick between them. You can you can choose to mix and match um, your your preferences or your 
I don't know, your consumption choices with digital magic depending on your goals. Um, like, how, how do we how do we start? Like, how what what where would an arena player want to start with regards to getting into magic online? Well, first you have to buy an account. Well, you well. Yeah, that's that. Okay, that's that's a good that's a good starting <laughs> point. You can actually download the client for free, so it's technically a free program. Um, and when you download it, you get a couple of perks. You get um, <laughs> you get twenty new player points. You get um, basic lands, and you get a collection of very bad cards. So the new player points are are the import are the important. Uh, resources in that free account because it lets you join events um, basically for free to, to get acquainted with the interface. And then if you want to spend $10, you get more bad cards and more new player points and you also get 100 adult play points. Or, I mean, <laughs> or 100 play points. Um, and th that's a whole, that's a whole nother like subtopic because Arena uh, Magic Online technically has like four or five different resources you can use to enter events, so it it's pretty wild. And I think we're gonna try to boil it down to like the most important parts for someone who just wants to get into Magic Online from being an Arena player. Okay, so I think the first thing that's very different that you need to that we need to address and get off the like get in the front end. There is not a consistently easy way to build a deck and play the deck for free. There are ways to rent cards for a set amount of money, so you could always have some cards. That's almost like Arena. But there is no queue. There's no ladder. There's mm -hmm. no, like, robot battles. There's nothing. There are a couple ways to play for free, but you have to have the cards. So that's very different. Well, I guess you have to have the cards on Arena too, but it, it feels different to me because the cards cost actual ticket, which is money, basically. They cost actual money. Um, and they do have these things called like tournament rooms and stuff, but they're very... Uh... <laughs> They're great mix. to get. They're, they're they're great to get used to the keys, like because actually playing Magic is actually quite different than Arena. Um, so that's fine. But you're you're never you're never really going to earn currency. There is a way to give. You can pay two tickets to earn a ticket or something. I don't know something weird. I wouldn't recommend it. Like it's really not. It's meant to really be there for those that absolutely do not want to play money, pay money to play. So super off the bat, there isn't really a way to just fire up. Um, magic online and play a game that costs zero dollars. So if that's you out the door, then then stop listening because <laughs> it just isn't the same. In fact, when Arena came out, it was kind of wild that you could fire up a game and ha just play. That that was a really weird concept. I'm not, like I'm not joking. It's so strange. But so there are a couple of different ways to play games on on Modo once you know how to play. The most consistent thing where you can fire up and play at any point is a league. So you pay entry into a league. It's uh, $10-ish, give or take your currency. Uh, and you get to play five, five matches no matter what, your record. And you get paid out based on your record. Uh, anything past a winning record, I believe. So 3-2, 4-1, two, two, or 5-0 are all payouts. Um, and I believe 3-2 is, is your money back. And then, you know, scales from there. So when you pay $10, you're guaranteed to play five matches and you're guaranteed to play it whenever you feel like it. So it's a queue-based system, just like Arena. You turn it on and you say, okay, I want to play my match of my modern league. You turn it on and it search for someone and, and you play. So in that sense, it is similar to Arena. It is pay play when you want, except you had to pay 10 bucks. <laughs> um, and that's generally how most people interact with Magic especially when you're trying to test something or trying to figure something out. Leagues is the baseline, okay? Then the reason that you switch to Moto or if you've engaged in Moto is really to get those higher end tournaments experience. So, and this is my, this is my personal opinion. I understand limited is a slightly different can of worms, but in general, one of the things that you want to do in Moto is to start leveling up into the other things. So in that, this case, there's tournaments. And Arena has those tournaments like the um arena opens but they're not very frequent and so the moto ones are super often and 
that's sort of why people go over to Moto because they want those high-end tournament experiences, but more often. So there's some basic ones that are daily and there's a whole set schedule out there. Good luck finding it, but it exists. Um, there's, there's daily big tournaments. They're 30 bucks to enter. They're five, four rounds and they're called prelims. Uh, they're usually like smaller. There's usually like less than 20 people or so, um, but they're fast. They give decent prizes. They, uh, it's a little bit of a hot topic debate, but they give prizes uh, and they give another currency, which we're not really going to talk about. Um, but they do give something called QPs and they, those are important, but not, not right now. Just, just know they spit out another currency. So there's tickets, which we've already talked about as the money. And now there's QPs. Uh, and <laughs> actually yeah. Nick already told you about the third one, which is play points, but ignore that for now. So really there's just money and then QPs. So you can play those at any point they're scheduled, but you have to show up for your rounds. So it's not like a league. It is a scheduled tournament, like on MTG Melee or whatever, but it's all done in client. Uh, and that's pretty much what you can do throughout the whole week. And then on weekends, there tends to be even cooler events that cost even more money. <laughs> and those include various forms of PTQs. So they're kind of like their mythic or arena qualifying weekends. Uh, but they're a little bit more consistent and they're all in one go. So sometimes they're like 10 rounds of Swiss. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, those ones are various formats, uh, various entry fees with your random assortments of, of currencies, but you could always use money for most of them. <laughs> um, and they also vary because there's consistently ones every weekend called challenges. And they happen at the same time. So the modern challenges always at the same time every Saturday for the season. So it's always, you know, I think 8, 8 a.m. Pacific or maybe 7 a.m. Pacific um, every Saturday. And that one doesn't lead anywhere. It's just a tournament that will be eight rounds with a cut to top eight that will give prizes. And it doesn't have any qualifications to anything cool, but it's always there. So it's, it's nice to know if you want to test a modern deck or you want to play a tournament, you can do the challenges. They're just there. Then there's ones that are scheduled on the calendar that, again, good luck finding. Um, and those are the super qualifiers or the PTQs. Um, and those sometimes are restricted to a certain currency. So sometimes only QPs work. Um, and if, if that's the case, then you just can't play in it until you have QPs. And that's just life on Moto. So for me, I tend to ignore them because I just don't really have time to get QPs. So I just play the ones that, that cost money. And those ones are called super qualifiers. So really, if you're just getting into the system and you're trying to figure out what cool tournaments can I play, you should focus on things called super qualifiers. Those ones are entry entry fee of $40. They tend to be limited, though they're, they're not always limited, but they're like, I think the ratio to limited is probably like eight limited ones to two constructed ones in a season. Like there's just a lot of limited ones. Um, and those are so long. Those are like eight, nine, 10 rounds plus build time of your sealed pool, plus a draft for top eight. <laughs> so if you do well, they are extremely long. And I'm pointing this out because the the more important a tournament is, so the more like the qualifiers or um, yeah, th that kind of stuff, the longer they are. And that's just very different to arena. And that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to point out the differences. Anyway, so, so basically the weekend ones, you'll just have to look at the schedule and <laughs> learn how to calculate things in hours. So it won't tell you a time of when an event starts. It will tell you how long it is until it is. So it will say in 42 hours, the event will start. I'm not making this up. That is how they tell you. So you have to calculate what time is that in 42 hours. Anyway, uh, I could go on, but it looks like other people want to kind of jump in. Were you talking a little bit about the idea of like super qualifiers and other pieces of that nature. And I think it's when there's some upcoming events on the side of, of, uh, Magic Gathering Online that kind of deal with those specific types of qualifiers and ways in which people can jump into them. But also, one of the most interesting things about Magic Gathering Online is kind of what you were talking about a little bit earlier as well, is that kind of uh, ways in which to gain access to cards, either via through mm. a rental system or other uh, other modes. And Nick, I think you, know, you have a really good idea about some stuff that's coming up in the world of Magic Gathering Online uh, that deals with both those specific qualifiers and ways in which how players gain access to the cards that they want to play yeah so i mean if, if, if i could like go back just a little bit like i really like how 
Caroline explained the the structure of like the events and the tournaments, and I, I would liken it to to talking about like how this open world game or like this big RPG game works. And I think it would help a little bit to talk a little uh, about the like the fundamental rules of the game. So she described this like awesome sandbox where you have access to as basically as many tournaments as you'd like to join or can afford. So I just want to to, to bring up just a couple of points that um, that make this tournament structure work and how it's very different from Arena. So I I just want to, to emphasize that yes, you need to pay money to enter events, which honestly, like if you're coming from Arena, and if you you know a lot of people who play Arena are free to play, but if you're looking for something more competitive, yes, you do have to spend um, money to get tickets to enter events. So um, you know, there, there's tax involved, but the main way to, to get currency is you spend $1 for one ticket, uh, or it's abbreviated as TIX. So, um, and it also relates to how you access the cards, because if you want to build a deck just in the client, you you need to trade for the cards through bots. I mean, that's another topic. We don't have to go into that, but just to be able to build, that. yeah, just, just to be able to build a deck, you need to, to front real money. <laughs> For example, if you want to build the Omnath, the four-color Omnath control deck in Modern, you're you're gonna have to spend about one thousand dollars in the client to get that deck, and that doesn't include what you have to pay for the leagues and for entry fees. So, funnily enough, you'd have to do that in Magic Arena. Just hope that you spend a thousand dollars opening packs. Just kidding. I'm just making well, a you joke. You never there. open an Omnath, so you'd be screwed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I also wanted to bring that up. It's like you'd think that spending one thousand dollars upfront for a modern deck is expensive, but I've seen a lot of tweets recently talking about how expensive it is to build a collection on Arena. So anyway, um, there are systems in place that that help you not have to spend a thousand dollars for one modern deck. And to be fair, if you wanted to play just standard, I think you could build a, a rogues deck for something like ninety to one hundred and fifty dollars, something like that. So, if you don't want to spend money to actually own the digital objects in your Magic Online account, you can do a couple of things. And what I do <laughs> to be That's able a really to really good, such a specific joke that absolutely no one that will listen to this podcast will get. <laughs> Because this is the intro to Moto. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'll explain it really quickly. Yeah, they go ahead. used to be called Magic Online Digital Objects, aka Moto, which is why everybody pronounces it Moto, even though it's short shortened to MTGO. And I always didn't understand because I was like, that's a G sound, not a D sound. Are people crazy? <laughs> But now I know, and you should too, which is why Nick's joke was funny, but very <laughs> obscure. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, if if you, you if you don't want to spend the tickets up front, there are several ways that you can build a deck instead. Of course, I'm assuming that your goal on Magic Online is to join competitive tournaments because that's why you would uh, kind of shift from Arena to Magic Online. Uh, one way, and the hardest and basically an impossible way to do it, is to to go the kind of Arena route and just draft until you build up a collection. The first time you open a Zendikar draft and you open an Omnath that you can sell for $20 or 20 ticks is going to feel real good. But just know that you can't keep that up at the pace that would let you buy a deck. So even though that's technically a way to build up a collection, I would not recommend it. The The next way, which is what I do, is I use a third-party rental service. And as an arena player, you might be thinking, what? I have to rent cards for my deck to be able to play in an event. And yeah, um, so the two rental services that I know of right now are called Mana Traders and Card Hoarder. There might be more, I'm not 100% sure. But basically what they do is they let you pay a monthly subscription fee. Um, you know, there are different tiers depending on what formats you want to have access to. Um, and when you want to play in an event, you just go to their site, you go to their deck builder, you load up a file, much like you would um, submit like a an arena list on MTG Melee or something, and you just specify what cards you want in your deck, and it'll tell you if um, that deck's dollar value um, fits into your subscription. And a Modo bot, again, another topic that we don't have to go into, will will send you a trade in your Magic Online client with the cards that you need to put the deck together. So for as little as I would say like $10 a month, to as much as 
I think 75 to 100. You can you can play any format from popper to vintage, um, and that's a very that's a very convenient way. I think if you want to start grinding more competitive tournaments. Um, so I, I I do a rental. I I can afford to rent the the thousand dollar Omnath deck, even though I could never build that deck on my own if I wanted to pay for it. And it's it's a really good way to be able to afford to play in tournaments. And the the next way and the kind of new innovation that you could on the block in terms of uh, card access is is something that's very exciting for me and is one of the reasons why I was excited to bring up this topic in this in the podcast uh, this week. Um, uh, Caroline, do you want to talk a little bit about Mythic Tokens? Oh, I'd love to. I absolutely understand every part yeah, of the whole the thing. Seventh, it's the not confusing online resource. in any way, shape, or form. So, uh, Nick, so we've described there's lots of different tournaments to play and lots of different levels. We've described that you do need physical cards. Honestly, the thing that this should be compared to is just paper magic. Imagine mm-hmm. that you're playing paper magic. You have to buy those cards in paper. You have to buy them in m- magic online. Um, but magic online has been experimenting over the last year or so. Uh, mostly probably due to COVID, to be honest. There was forced to, some events were kind of forced to be online and Magic Online was like, oh, <laughs> come over here. We have cool stuff for you. So they discovered that they can actually give access to their entire collection to any player. It's actually a little button that they can just turn on and off. <laughs> and uh, there was an event in the summer and an event in the fall that actually did that. You could pay an entry fee into that event and they turned on a button and you got every card. And people realize, like, hey, I have every card. Does that mean I can play all these other cool structures that I just talked about, the weekend ones, the weekday ones? And yes, it was totally within the rules. If you were playing this cool uh, special event for, like, Gen Con, you could also go and play 10 leagues if you wanted to. Uh, And so Magic Online took that idea. And coming up starting tomorrow, I want to say, though it said tomorrow in the message, but now I realize that might actually be tomorrow. Starting very soon, (laughs) uh, you will get to buy a mythic token so it's an item that you will own in your account in the store in in the digital magic online store so in you will own this thing it will cost 25 dollars, and it's the it's the magic button you're gonna buy it and it will automatically turn on your cards turn on your collection to have every collection collected cards in magic history it is not a two-way button because <laughs> once once you own that token your card collection is turned on and when the event ends your card collection is turned off it has nothing to do with whether or not you still have that button this is really important and not intuitive so if you don't have the token anymore your collection stays on it's it is all the way on until magic online turns it off which i think is two weeks but uh yeah, not two weeks quite now. i mean two weeks so. from from the, from release yeah so what you're doing is you're paying 25 bucks to have access to every card in Magic's history for two weeks. It's a little bit more expensive if you think about it than say the rental service, because the rental service is usually around the average um, account that people sign up for is about 30 bucks for the full Mm -hmm. month. So this is definitely more than that, but it's in client. So you save yourself some time and um, there you can combine it with something else to give you a little bit of that value back. Uh, So what you're going to do is you'll buy that, that token and that's all you have access to is the cards you still got to pay entry fee into that league or entry fee into that prelim or entry fee into the super qualifiers and to be honest it's sort of why we're here today to talk to you like it's why we wanted to go from arena to here because arena has these mythic these qualifying weekends they have arena opens and that's it and they're super like sparse but super qualifiers are direct routes to the to the Caldeheim championships that are frequent and they qualify two people instead of one which i realize actually is a lot less than arena but whatever <laughs> so it qualifies two whole people um to the Caldeheim championships and they are happening um they are happening a bunch next week so there's actually one on basically every day of the week starting on Monday, January 18th. And they different hit formats. a ton of different time zones and a ton of different formats, which is super relevant because now you have access to every card. Mm-hmm. These events are usually $40. And the token you buy 
is $25. So in theory, you're like, wow, Caroline, why would I spend $65 to do this? Well, luckily, <laughs> Moto's like, well, actually, we'll what save if we, you some What money. if we combine so, two of our obscure cur- like token, like yeah. currencies together? So they've done something very unintuitive and so unintuitive that all three of us were arguing about it for about 20 minutes before this podcast started. But the general idea is it's $40 to enter the event, or if you buy two tokens, aka $50, you get to enter the event and have access to every card in Magic's history. For two so weeks. It, so spend, yeah, two spending weeks. the two tokens does not, um, does not lose you access yeah. to all the cards. As I said, the button turns on, but it's not an off button. That is how done through Magic. So you don't have to worry about that. If the token's gone, you still have access to the cards. So you can buy $50 to play in the event and get your $10, like your cards for the rest of the two weeks. So it's a pretty good deal, um, though a very confusing deal to work out. Basically, the whole point of this conversation is Magic Online is a totally different world. It's not free to play. It's very expensive to play, but it has access to very different play styles. You're, because everybody's paying, if we're being honest, because everyone's paying money to play, the games are different. Like, yeah. I could easily play 10 arena matches in the time it would take me to play one league on Moto because I really do play a lot slow, like not physically slower, but I just put a lot more attention into it. Um, we haven't even discussed the chess clock. It's a lot more deliberate. Well, I, I was going to transition us into things like what you should do if you before you do these super qualifiers. Mm-hmm. But but if it does, yeah. yeah. Do you want me to absolutely. do that now or do you have any For more sure. thoughts? I mean, I, I, just, I, I just wanted to sort of Again, underline like with the combination of all these opportunities to qualify for the Call Time Championship, and this like kind of unprecedented, uh, you know, button that gives you access to all of Magic's cards. I, I would go as far as to say that there, there's like never been a better time to to start playing Magic online than than this week. Um, so that's why you know we wanted to discuss how you'd get into that as a primary, like primarily arena player. Yeah, and, and I completely agree. There, there's okay. So, just to recap what we've covered, you do have to pay to get in a, to get into Moto. It's ten dollars. You get your money back in in another currency. Uh, <laughs> then you have to discover a lot of things like trading with bots and getting cards and buying things in the store. That you're gonna have to figure out on your own. I'm just being honest. It's one of those like um, you just have to do it to to learn it. The the other thing. And, and oh, the, the third thing that we talked about was these cool events. They're just much cooler than arena events, and they just always will be. Um, so go definitely deep dive into what events you can play. But before you do any of that, before you pay a bunch of money <laughs> to play these PTQs, you need to go on and just try using the client. Yep, it is that's what the new player points are for. Extremely, extremely different than arena. Um, as I said, and as we've all joked, it's like a spreadsheet. So there are going to be certain things you have to do to, to take game actions. They're just going to be very different game actions. So I mentioned it very in the very beginning called a tournament practice room. And that is the only place where you can play for free. I highly, 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 strongly, strongly recommend that the first time you play Magic Online, and maybe you use the new player points too, I guess that works as well. Um, but even once you have your deck, like let's say you are playing that that modern super qualifier, go to those tournament practice rooms and just fire up a game and try and get someone to play with you and learn what stops are, <laughs> learn uh, how to pass priority quickly, learn there's some hotkeys that you can kind of dabble into. Uh, there's tons of videos, I bet you, online that would explain all these things. Yep. There's uh, Moto Chat. You could like ask your opponent for help, maybe, if you're having a hard time. Please don't do that. Oh my God, do not open Moto Chat. Are you crazy? <laughs> okay, the, and then the last thing that I'll say that's different uh, other than the stops and um, you know saying yes to everything is there's... Actually, the Moto Clocks are not very different. Arena has clocks, though often we don't really see them. Moto has them too, but they're shorter. So each player has access to 25 minutes in the game. I think on Arena, you have access to 30 um, and once your clock hits zero, you lose the game. That isn't actually different than Arena. So um, there's no rope. W- there is no rope. So you could take a pee break or take ten minutes to think of a turn, uh, and that's why I say don't check the, 
the chat. Um, but if you take 10 minutes to take think of one turn, the rest of your turns better be super fast. So uh, also, this is such a random thing. It doesn't tell you what game you're in. So please remember whether you're in game two or game three. <laughs> I mean, you, you could scroll Why through the game that? log. Oh, yeah, there's a game log. You can check. Like, you can check the history of all your actions. Okay. But all joking aside, seriously, if you're going to play these things and we're trying to tell you how cool they are, they it is literally a new skill set. Like, mm -hmm. if you're playing Arena for the first time and you're entering into a melee tournament, I wouldn't recommend that either. I would recommend that you would play the ladder before you play your tournament. Like, make sure you understand what pressing OK does and how to to cast a spell you can't drag a spell in moto you have to click it <laughs> um so oh you you can by the way can I, they actually updated that because of no, arena they didn't. you They're can you can drag lands and spells into play it won't auto play <laughs> but you can actually drag cards from your hand anyway that, that, that like yeah that's amazing anyway we're both here because we play like nick and i both do both nick mostly also does a lot of limited which we didn't even really talk about but um we both enjoy both in different ways and we understand that's not for everybody we're just saying that if you ever had that slight inclination like would this be for me this is the time period to try it because it eliminates a huge barrier to entry which is your card collection yeah. so that's my recommendation the other thing i would recommend i promise i'm done is there's often youtube videos that are quite, I'm sure, kind of clickbaity, like, like learn to play Moto for ten tickets or whatever. When I first joined Magic Online, there was one called like Farm Moto for twenty tickets. So it, it said buy twenty tickets that included the ten dollar entry into the thing, and then I built a deck called Boss Sly, which is a mono red deck back in the day, and then I legitimately did actually make a profit, a very small profit, and I got bored very quickly because the mono red deck wasn't very fun. But there are structures and decks like that, or sorry, videos like that out there, content of people saying like, hey, here's how you can do this thing, or here's a really cheap deck list, like that kind of stuff. So I recommend looking for looking for that kind of content. If, the, if, if this is the area you're moving into, get your content to move with you and, and, and seek out that stuff. I know um, Magic or Goldfish, he always has a, a ton of, you know, budget lists that could kind of work for this um, this style. So, yeah. And uh, good luck trying to find how to trade with bots. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> the best, the, the thing about this, though, that, I, that I'm gathering from this is that there's a lot of things that either we can equate to Arena and just find the Magic Online equivalent via what are the forms of currency. Instead of gold and gems, it's it's tickets and tokens and even player points. You kind of learn the currency of the game. We haven't yeah, even, we didn't chest. even talk about, we literally did not talk about every currency. We, we seriously, oh, yeah. there's so many, it's embarrassing. There's so many different currencies and ways of exchange, but also there's like, there's ways to learn the interface. Like I learned how to play the paper game of magic first. I had to do a, adapt and kind of learn to play how arena does the paper game of magic. And even then when you go to magic online, you will learn the magic online way of playing the arena way of playing magic in a lot of different ways. But I think one of the biggest things as well is one of the things that helped me into getting into the game was having friends that were already into it. And that was, I, I think a lot of ways that several people get into either paper magic or even magic arena or whatever it is, is that someone else probably introduced you to the game in that way. And so you can always go to them to kind of show you your show you the way of how to play that's how i got into magic really initially it was when my friend basically just pulled out a couple of paper decks that they had and said hey let's play this and all and all they were trying to attempt was just get me to actually play a land tap a land learn the actual like phases of magic right uh it's it's very similar i think with engaging with arena with new players and even engaging in magic online for the very first time if you have that through line of someone who's played in this format before my advice to any arena player is to reach out to that friend who's played a magic online before, and they can just give you all of those little tips and tricks and nuances of navigating the client that you've, that you, that you just won't know until you actually participate in running with the client. It, that's really funny because if you rewind 50 minutes to when I was talking about my like um, new interest in Hearthstone Battlegrounds is that my learning style is a slightly different to that, but it it, it is sort of like that. Like, I needed to play Magic Online by myself before I asked for help, though. Like, I, ne I need to know, like, what buttons do and how things work 
And then I can say like, oh, how should I do it optimally? So for example, when I first started playing, I didn't have any stops on. I had like one or two that were mandatory or like came preset up. But then someone told me like, hey, if you put an upkeep stop, now you can respond to something in your opponent's upkeep. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Because in, in paper, you just say in your upkeep, I want to do something. But I didn't really know how to do that in Magic Online. But I didn't, I needed to figure it out for myself. So every time I kept clicking through their upkeep, I'm like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> like, uh, that's just my style. I just need to learn things for myself. But if you don't and you want your friend to just help you and tell you what to do, do that. I did learn, like, what F2 was in an embarrassingly late time into my Moto career. Or it's now two, to be honest. But there, there's these hotkeys which, oh my God, never mind. Anyway, there's some buttons that do cool things. And I learned a cool one like six years into playing Moto, which would have been a very cool button to learn. Uh, but I was kind of stubborn and I didn't ask for help. So I think Rasky's probably right. You should uh, get a Moto buddy. <laughs> never go alone. Get a buddy. Get Always, regardless, yes. Point at your Moto buddy. Who is it? <laughs> no, groups of three is not allowed. Sorry, Anyone that happens ever... all the time with work. Oh my God, when I used to work with kids, I'd be like, okay, everyone pick a buddy. No, groups of three is not allowed. No, groups of four is not allowed. There's just, just be two buddies. I'm no, just myself. be two buddies. Just do it. <laughs> like, it's the worst. Oh my God. I'm going to date myself on the boomer zoomer side of things. It's like heavyweights, but you do it with Magic Online where you just blow a whistle and just beep, buddy, buddy. That's all you do, back and forth to each other. Yell for your buddy, <laughs> find your buddy. That's what you do. Love it. But that's that's kind of the key about a lot of this is is that learn find the way in which you like to learn something new and then find the way in which it helps you can help yourself learn whatever it is you want to do. If it's inter engaging with the interface, if it is learning the structures, if it is playing some of the competitive events, if it's learning how to rent cards, uh, the, the first thing you can always do, the, the best steps to take is one, do a little bit of research. Find you know a YouTube video, find an article about how to engage with that client, or maybe you just jump in head first and click some stuff, find what you want to find, find the questions that you have, and then go search for those answers. Or find someone who's very experienced in the ways and means of that game, or in this case, of this interface. And then you can learn everything there is to learn about the game. Because from there, all you will start doing is asking more questions and discovering more things. And once you discover more things, you'll find the stuff that you like and the stuff that you don't like. And from there, you will find the way in which you want to engage with the game, which I think is kind of the through line of this podcast in general, is, is what are the different ways we want to engage with the game of Magic the Gathering? Today, we discussed Magic the Gathering Online. We discussed competitive structures. We always love discussing different ways people love to engage with Magic the Gathering. And we also want to know what we love to do to get better at the game of Magic the Gathering, which is why I want to know, what do we do to get better at the game of Magic the Gathering this week, and where can people find us doing it? Nick, I'd like to start with you. Well, first of all, you can find me at NickStradMTG uh, on Twitter. Um, what I will be doing this week is I'll just be playing a bunch of Magic Online competitive events. Um, aside from the super qualifiers, which we discussed, which I'm actually not allowed to play in because I'm already qualified for the Caldheim Championship, hashtag humblebrag. Um, there's another set of big events called the Showcase Qualifiers or the Showcase Challenges, which will get me possibly qualified for the next stage of that sort of tournament route. So I'm going to be grinding that. And I just wanted to bring up one last time how how happy I am to be talking about Magic Online as a as an alternative to arena because i i got better at magic by starting out on magic online i i played at my first pt uh because i qualified through magic online when i didn't really have the opportunity to do so where i'm from you know the philippines it's it's kind of hard to get qualifications from here so i i completely agree that magic online will give you like what you want out of it like it's all about identifying your goals and yeah i'm just going to be playing events until they tell me to stop or until arena um introduces the vintage cube i'm just picturing that for like they tell you to stop like you just get a, a pop-up in magic Game yeah. online it just says nick stop which they could by the way be like admin could just message you at any point because there's a functioning chat system so for what it's worth, that actually does happen. Nick gets an alert every time he clicks Omnath in a Vintage Cube draft. And it just it says, stop drafting this card. But um, he has really good APM. So he actually closes it before anyone else can see it. 
I would love to see just some passive aggressive pop ups. Like it's just like you're gonna draft and then you draft Domnath and then you just get a pop up that just says seriously again, again, <laughs> again? Yeah. really. Uh, and then you click OK. Fine, click OK. Here to be you fair, go. I don't always click stick okay. Omnath the first time I see it. Right? Sometimes it wheels. Yeah, you look wheel. Yeah, even like if people back. say that it won't. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> oh, that's that's part of the nuances of Magic: The Gathering Online. If you really want to f- understand the full tenacity of that joke, you can do two things: tweet at Nick or jump into Magic: The Gathering Online for yourself. And maybe while you're there, you're gonna find Caroline Kavanaugh. Caroline, what are you gonna do to get better at the game this week? And where can people find you doing? Okay, so my plan for this week it does include the VML match. Um, I'm pretty excited. I submitted, I resubmitted the same deck with some tweaks. Uh, red, black crooks, or sorry, red, red, black Corvald is what I've been calling it. So it's, it's technically a gen deck, but not really. Uh, and my opponent submitted rogues, which is probably the best matchup for that deck. So I'm pretty excited. Um, that's how I kind of thought that the matchup would go and and that's what's happening. So I'm going to, I have that coming up this weekend. Uh, and then I, th- Oh yeah. The MIQ is this weekend. So I have to figure out historic um, might be in the red black area for that one as well. I, I forgot that I really liked the Arcan Arcanist deck, the red black Arcanist deck. So I might just run that back. Cause I forgot that that was really fun. So, uh, and from what I'm told, historic hasn't really changed that much. So I'll probably just jam that. And then I need to issue a redaction and I, I do apologize and I do stress again, I'm really sorry that I was confused, but legitimately it's been a seriously confusing time. I understand how to qualify for the Mythic, or frig, for the Arena Qualifier Weekend. Here's how it goes. Seven wins gets you into day two. If you get three losses on day one, you can't play anymore. So seven wins or three losses are day one. And day two, it is seven wins to, to win, to qualify. It's not six. That was that was a lie, and I'm sorry. <laughs> However, you get up to two losses, which is different than before because it used to be seven wins and one loss. So you have to play seven rounds to, to qualify for the Kaldheim Championship, um, but you get up to two losses to get you there. So that is the change. Now, there are a couple cool bonuses. If you get six wins uh, on day one, I thought it was actually seven wins. Anyway, if you get a lot of wins on day one, but don't qualify. Yeah. So if you get six wins on day one, but don't qualify for day two, you do get to be auto qualified the next month. Do you get to try again? It's like a free roll. And then I believe if you get six wins on day two, but don't qualify, you get to run it back next month straight into day two. So there, so six wins was a number, (laughs) just not the thing I said. So I do apologize, but it is freaking confusing. You can find me on Twitter at MyLinguini, M-I-G-H-T-Y-L-A-N-G-U-I-N-E. You can find me on Instagram at TheMyLinguini, and you can find me on Twitch.tv slash TheMyLinguini. We always stream on Wednesdays and Saturdays. This is new. I'm adding this now. Um, And we don't always have a guest, but sometimes we do. (laughs) Um, The Saturday streams have become a bit of a community day stream. That's often an Among Us game into whatever we get up to recently it's been battlegrounds or late night conversations or whatever it is so um pretty cool i think i'm going to officially say that i have a two day stream schedule wednesdays and saturdays um so yeah come hang out exciting that's a big announcement right there the two day stream schedules right there yep it's always fantastic <laughs> and i and i will say if if y'all haven't uh jumped into watching caroline's twitch streams they are uh, they are a barrel of fun in every way, shape, or form you could ever picture. It's just something where you sit there. It, it, you can engage with this. It's it's much like your fair way with engaging with magic. It's just that whichever way you want to engage with a Mighty Linguini stream, you're going to have a good time. You're going to have fun doing that. So I always recommend doing that at uh, at Mighty Linguini or at The Mighty Linguini uh, on Twitch. Actually, yeah, it's The Mighty Linguini, twitch.tv slash The Mighty Linguini for that. Uh, of course, if you want to find out what what I'm doing and anywhere in the world of magic or otherwise, you can always find out on Twitter and sometimes on Twitch at Brasky1142. If you want to let us know uh, what in different ways you want to play Magic the Gathering Online, what questions you have about engaging with Magic the Gathering Online, you can always tweet at us at Swagoy Gaming, S-W-A-G-O-I Gaming, and you can learn all about 
uh, the different esports teams of Swagoy Gaming at swagoy.com. S-W-A-G-O-I.com, where you can find everything about our Hearthstone, Magic Gathering, Valorant teams, our variety streamers, and more. Of course, we always appreciate it when you leave us a uh, like, leave us some type of starred review on whatever podcasting format you enjoy. And then, of course, if you leave us any type of verbal written review, we would always love to see that feedback as well as we keep engaging with the game in which we like to, keep engaging with our viewers and tens and tens of listeners, and of course, keep loving bringing you content every single week, which means look forward to next week, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.